0: Welcome to CareerPod, brought to you by Transition Solutions and the CareerPod team. This episode should provide you with valuable career information and insights. Today we are speaking with Cindy Firestein, Director of Academic Advising at Simmons College. Welcome to CareerPod, Cindy. We welcome your participation. We look forward to learning more
1: about what you do. Thank you. I'm so happy to have time with you today.
0: Let's get started. Can you tell us about um, your earlier life and educational preparation for your position?
1: Of course. So I actually received my master's degree in student affairs counseling from Bridgewater State University, and I went through when they were KCREP-accredited for that program.
0: Okay. And
1: through that program, it allowed me to get um about six to seven hundred hours of internship experience with academic advising and career advising at such institutions as Wheaton College, Dean College, as well as Bridgewater State. After I earned my master's degree, I was able to get a couple of different advising positions in institutions like Northeastern University. Um, University of North Florida, and JVS before I got my role here at Simmons as the director of undergrad advising.
0: Well, I have to say, uh, you have numerous uh, academic experiences in different environments. Did you find that that gave you um, overall strengths?
1: Yes. Having these different experiences allowed me to learn how to work with different student populations. Sure. Uh, I've worked with students uh, that are undergrad students. I've worked with graduate students. I've worked with traditional first-year undergrads. I've worked with adult learners, at-risk populations, military students, international mm-hmm. students, and the same thing with all of them. They have goals, and I really want to support them in achieving those goals.
0: Okay. I want to learn about, you know, your basic tasks and responsibilities. How do you interface with the students, and what what do you do every day in, in that objective?
1: Well, my role is the director, and I'm able to do the ins and outs of, you know, managing the department. I supervise a professional advising team of five professionals, several different student workers, as well as our peer advisors. When I'm not managing the office, I really get to enjoy – my favorite part is – Working with my students. I do also have a caseload of students.
0: Okay, I have that's first great. year
1: students. Yeah, I have first year students that I work closely with. I'll meet with them one on one over the phone, in person, or via Zoom from the point of admissions through their, um, the end of their first year before they transition to a faculty advisor in their declared major. I also work very closely with our adult learner population as well as our online adult learners.
0: Sure, and they would be all undergraduate students.
1: Correct, correct. Here at Simmons, I work with um, all undergrads when I was at Northeastern University. Um, in an advising role, I worked with online undergraduate and graduate students.
0: Sure. I noticed that uh, you have reached a certification as a global career development facilitator. Can you just tell me a little bit about that, Cindy?
1: Yes, that was an extensive training that I went through a couple of years ago um, that helped me further enhance my skill sets to be a a career advisor, so I'm able to support people with finding the right career path, looking at salaries in the marketplace, updating their resumes, working on mock interview skills,
0: any will need
1: to help them figure out what's their right profession and prepare them for that workforce and the interview process.
0: Sure, and I noticed there's a global, um, you know, mention uh, on that. uh, Do you have a number of international students that you also advise?
1: Some of the students in my caseload may be international students, and I've worked very closely with um, the Global Education Department here at Simmons. So I have worked with international students, and they usually need to be at least full-time status academically with 12 to 18 credits to be able to stay in status here as students.
0: Sure. Do you use any uh, instruments? testing instruments, uh, interest instruments, ways to uh, sort of open up the uh, discussion with a student?
1: When I'm working with the students, I really like to figure out where they're at. Um, Me personally, I use um, the developmental academic model to kind of get to know the student, see where they're at, um, if they come in to, like, adjust their schedule, I want to figure out, you know, what's going on, why are they looking to adjust that schedule, How, can I help them with that. Right. Um, sometimes a meeting you think is going to be a textbook advising meeting and it throws you for a loop and you need to bring out a box of tissues to support them. Um, so in addition sure. to the academic buying piece, like I said, I like to meet the student where they are and support them and connect them with any support resources outside of my office that they may need to be successful both academically and as um, a student here at Simmons.
0: Sounds like an exciting position. I was uh, wondering about testing, you know, and some academic environments are using uh, Myers-Briggs, you know, some use a predictive index. Uh, it's not a necessary thing at the uh, admissions level, but the, uh, do they have any impact in your work?
1: So. Students are able to do assessments um, okay. related to career with the career education department. We do refer students over to that department. If okay. they do one of those assessments, they can come back to us. Currently, Simmons is in the process of becoming a strength institution, so all students are utilizing strengths to figure out sure. their, um, their top five strengths. And in our advising meetings, we are utilizing that to kind of help them grow and develop more positive outlooks on themselves and see how that kind of plays into um, how well they do in school and maybe what profession they might be going into. We're also looking at their top strengths of ways how we can build it into their committee letters when they're applying for like a pre-med or a pre-dental school later on after graduation. So that's one assessment that we're utilizing uh, starting with the freshman class of last spring to kind of enhance ways we can support them. So um, you mentioned Meyer's Bridge. I do have a background in that, but that's the career advising office that utilizes that. we sure. Strengths. We're building into the classrooms and in the advising as well as the career advising sessions with students. So that's one of the tools we're utilizing right now. And I do also sometimes utilize motivated skills cards to kind of right. see where students are at and I see how I can kind of get them to kind of come out of their comfort zone if they're a little nervous chatting with me with these cards and kind of see if we can pull more information out of them to better support them and figure out what they might want for like a major or a career path in the future.
0: Cindy, I have a a question for you. Yes. I have some background in in career services, but uh, I work with students myself and, A dilemma to me is is this scenario: the student would come in to see me, and uh, they have a high interest level. Let's say in computer science, as an example, Mm -hmm. and they really want to want to do that, but they're not sure of their capabilities. You know, their potential sort of uh, inclination, or maybe raw skills, as we'll call it, and uh, so that creates a dilemma because they want to do something, but Unfortunately, I would have to say to them, you know, and we we had ways of testing their uh, ability to do computer science work. And sometimes it was difficult, uh, but I felt it was important to sort of talk about interest, but also talk about, uh, you know, the idea of uh, competency to develop. Have you ever faced that type of a situation?
1: I do work with students that are... Um at risk, maybe they're on warning or probation. And um, I work to support them, try to find new ways to help them um, overcome their academic challenges, either referring them to the Writing Tutor Center. um, We do meet once or twice a month throughout the semester to see what's working, what's not. Sometimes we have to have the students think about changing their major to a different okay. program, if sure. that's a better fit for them. Or sometimes it could be external factors that are affecting the student's ability to be successful. could be something at home. could be they're working full-time to put themselves through school, many different things. So that's where the piece of getting to know the student, developing that relationship and seeing how you can support them, because each student is individual, and I like to make sure I support each student that way sure. to figure out, um, a student can come to my office, and another student right after them having similar issues. They're may, both maybe struggling in the same program, but the reasons could be completely different. So my supporting sure. those sure. students could be completely different. One, I might refer to tutoring, and they could be successful in that program. Another one, I might um, have a different path with them, and maybe discuss changing the program or seeing what else is going on and connecting them with outside or external other resources here at Simmons. <laughs>
0: In terms of what's most satisfying to you and most frustrating to you uh, in your daily uh, work? Uh,
1: what's most satisfying to me is when I'm working with my students that are on warning probation or out of academic good standing
0: when okay. they get back
1: on and they graduate.
0: That I, is a good I, feeling. Do
1: that, they, do that's do they, like uh, fantastic to me.
0: Yeah, at at the ser- graduation ceremony, uh, you, you may see them again and uh, – I, I bet they give you a sincere thank you, and it's very rewarding for you at that point.
1: I, I just seeing them graduate. Yeah. Like they don't have to say thank you because they're the ones doing the work, and I'm just there to support them through the process. Right. Right. Um, just seeing them graduate is just makes me happy. Seeing them get on a roll or get accepted into a selective program. That that right. makes me happy for them, and knowing that I was a part of their success. But it's really their success.
0: You had mentioned that you have a staff. Uh, yes. You know, um, and um, do you find satisfaction in managing that staff?
1: really enjoy my staff. I have five great people on my team. Um, They all have unique, amazing personalities. They're eager to support students. Their ideas are phenomenal. Um, They always say, you know, you should surround yourself by great people because then it makes you look great as well. And I have have on my team is I have amazing people on my team.
0: Right. Well, that's great. In terms of... uh, you know the flip side we all have uh, frustration and is there any frustration that um you'd like to mention here
1: well we are in the process of transitioning from one technology to to another sometimes technology glitches are out of your control um that may delay something that you're working on so okay that that's sometimes um kind of a frustration of mine is you know it's nobody's fault it just Glitches sometimes happen, but then it kind of throws you for a re- like a loop, and then right. you just have to kind of regroup and sometimes redo what you're already done. Once again, it's nobody's fault. Like things happen with technology that are out of people's control, and it just it happens. So. And
0: the transition is always difficult. Yes. Is that your essentially your database of students and, and their particular uh, characteristics?
1: We are transitioning from one system to the next right now. So um, our IT department has been phenomenal to help us and other departments through the transition. It's just, once I said, uh, glitches and then transitioning to something new does take time uh, to make sure it's perfect, it's working great. So that's one of the frustrations I currently have is just transitioning from one system to the next.
0: Cindy, what advice would you give to someone who's considering uh, a career in the field of Uh, undergraduate academic advising?
1: I would say look into uh, higher ed or student affairs, or a counseling-based master's program. Uh, Most positions will require a master's degree. Master's programs can be anywhere from, like, one to, like, three to four years to do, depending on if you're going part-time or full-time. They should also reach out to somebody who's in the field and do an informational interview to begin their networking, learn about the profession a little bit more from someone who's actually in it, and then I would also say get a membership for NACADA and get involved with NACADA in their region NACADA is the global academic advising community I'm very involved in NACADA I've held chair positions I've been a mentor I've been a mentee I've been on some regional steering committees uh, regional conference committees annual conference committees it's a great way to kind of network get involved boost up your resume in advising positions, you really get the hands-on experience with the students, but sometimes you don't always get that supervisory or mentor experience to move right. up the next level. And we're, um, being involved in the Kata, you can get those in mentor or chair roles. So that's a great way to kind of be involved, stay up to date with trends in the field, network, which helps um, also in the long run when you're job searching, or just wanting to collaborate with different departments and different institutions. So that's degree, informational interview, and getting involved with Nikata are the three things I would say.
0: How about uh, um, internships? Uh, Would that be advantageous as well?
1: It would be fantastic if during their graduate studies, when they're getting their master's degree, to get a graduate assistantship um, in an advising office or an office similar to that, like a career um, advising office, to get those experiences. If someone's um, still an undergrad, but thinking about it, maybe becoming a peer mentor, um, to begin that process as well.
0: Okay. Okay. The last question I have is is a little different, but um, has luck, either good or bad luck, played a role in your career?
1: A little of both, I'd say. Yes. One one door sometimes closes, another one opens, they say, and that happened to me once before, um, and it really allowed me to become um, the director of this position that I have now. Um, So it it, it really depends. I mean, like I said, working hard, networking, um, and keeping your eye on what you really want to achieve and working towards it is a big help, but... Who's to say luck is not involved in that as well? <laughs> sure.
0: Well, Cindy, you have shared an insightful look into the field of undergraduate academic advising. Anyone considering this field would benefit greatly from your excellent advice. Thank you for participating in Pod. Have a great day.
1: Thank you. You too.